Hi, my name is Kate Santangelo. Welcome to the Monmouth Moms podcast, part of the Monmouth Moms Network. Listen in as we bring awareness to the best local resources for growing families in Monmouth County, New Jersey, chat with local moms and mompreneurs, highlight our favorite resources, local spots, restaurants, and more. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Monmouth Moms podcast, sponsored by Jenkinson's Boardwalk. We are in April 2023, which is crazy. I am definitely one of those moms. I think I'm just going to come to terms with it, that I am never the mom that is has, A, organized anything to do for spring break, B, even knows that spring, like, I'm the mom that's like, when is spring break? When is my daughter off? And, and like, three weeks prior. And then I'm like, okay, it's either the week before Easter or the week after this week, it's the week after nothing planned, probably have to work half of it. Like I, and I, I know I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm not the mom that we don't usually ever go away for spring break. We'll go away in the summer. We'll go away like different times of the year, but um, and it's usually right now in our lives. It's actually dictated by um, our daughter's uh, travel softball schedule and where we're, where we're traveling for competitions and stuff. But um but I cannot believe that it's April and I can't believe that summer is like around the corner. Just like, I don't know. I think this winter just flew this year, mostly because the weather was just so mild, which was nice. Um, but it's just been a whirlwind and I, I feel like it's every just day so just bad. goes faster and faster. <laughs> um, but uh, but we're here and thank you so much to our guest today, Ali uh, Kusich Brady from AD Nutrition. Thanks so much for Mouthful. joining. Your yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> um, you are, uh, tell, tell me where you're from. I'm originally from northern New Jersey. Okay. But presently living in Fairhaven for okay. the past 10 years. And what part in northern New Jersey? Bergen County. Okay. Wyckoff. Okay. We have a Bergen County Moms, Ber- the uh, Bergen Moms Network also up there. So um, I actually grew, when I was little, I lived in Leonia, Tina, okay. that mm-hmm. area. It's not and, too far. And then we moved to down here when I was like five, I think. So I know it was a little bit, but not not too much. Moms are everywhere. <laughs> Moms are yeah, everywhere. no, I haven't been back much since college. Oh, okay. I did the stint in New York City for 15 years and then transported the kids here. So where did you go to school? I went to Franklin and Marshall undergrad. Okay. Then I got a master's degree at the London School of Economics in London. Uh-huh. And then I moved back. And when I went back to school for nutrition, I went to Tufts. Oh, interesting. So did you always have an interest in nutrition? Did you, did you, so you went to school for economics? No, I, I actually always had an an interest in helping people feel better. Okay. Whatever that meant. And so I was pre-med for the first half of college. I had these lofty Uh, dreams to become a doctor uh and it was hard. Franklin Marshall is a tough academic school and I, um, halfway through was, was kind of burnt out Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to study abroad with all my friends and be in a sorority and do the things that, that other kids were doing, having the college experience. And so I kind of cut off my nose to spite my face and said to my parents, I don't want this anymore. You want this for me. I want something different. I want to travel the world. I want um, to major in international relations. So Mm -hmm. I did like a radical change. Wow. And um, yeah, I went to Germany. I was in Germany for half a year and then I moved home for senior year and then I went, moved back to London to get a degree in international relations mm-hmm. and um, came back and started working in New York. Wow. But it was right around that time that I was having some really big health problems. Okay. That weren't n- not necessarily diagnoses, mm-hmm. not like medical conditions as much as just things were going wrong in my body. And I had gone to college on six different medications. There was something to wake me up, something to put me to sleep, mm-hmm. something to help with, you know, I was put on birth control before I was even sexually active. You know, there was a lot of a lot of things. Right. And a lot of women can identify with this story, especially women in the 90s. We were, And then, you know, I had a lot of digestive problems and I was eating the fat-free world and living on fat-free frozen yogurt. And an ultra-processed. An ultra-processed food and, um, you know, pounding the fat-free marinara and the pasta. And it was it was all this this stuff. And I, just, I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. So as I, you know, started my career in New York City, I also went on this quest to start feeling better. And there weren't people like me. There were medical doctors who looked at my blood work and said, apart from having some autoimmune markers like your 
you're fine. And you're, they're probably, you know, you're young, you're, you know, you, you appear, you're all, all of the levels are, you know, checking each box. Right. So, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. Maybe it's in your head, maybe, you know, and so I, but I knew it wasn't. And I knew that I had dealt with these problems since I'd been like a younger teenager. Uh -huh. And so I went on this radical quest to change my own health without any guidance or supervision. Right. And um, I fell in with a group of uh, raw foodists in the East Village and that was it. And I went on this radical health transformation. That's so interesting. So what year was that? That was That was like nineteen ninety-nine. Okay. How about that? So um I follow and I've always admired Bethany Frankel and she people either love her or hate her. I've always admired her career. I followed her from I guess at least fifteen years she's ago. Very hardworking. Yeah. And she's written lots of books, especially on nutrition in her er the early stages of her career. So when I was in my younger twenties and I was kind of struggling with um my own kind of not weight gain, but like my, I was always very thin. I was, I had a very high metabolism and I ate terribly in high school, <laughs> like not, I worked at Outback and Middletown shout out cause they're still there. And, they are. And um, uh, I, we ate cheese fries and like prime rib for like our, like it was disgusting right, right. how badly we, I still love those foods, but Anyway, when after I had my son, like I my obviously wasn't like, you know, I, I didn't have the same body didn't that I did, back, right? right? Didn't go back. Um, and I remember like reaching for a lot of her books and she talks a little bit about that time where very similar, where it was a lot of like low fat, low fat, low fat. And she was struggling with her own, you know, not being able to manage the ideal, you know, weight that she wanted to be in. And it was that raw food movement and very similar that. Yeah. Um, and I threw my, I threw my yeah. cars in with that lot. And yeah. I'll say a lot of my problems were related to, you know, I have a neuromuscular pain disorder, I have some things that were problems. I had a lot of inflammation, a lot of headaches, right. a lot of GI. I just, but I was otherwise living a very normal life. I was living in New York City. I was in my early 20s. Right. I was working all day and partying at night. Um, I wasn't sickly. I just never felt great. Yeah. I just was unwell. And within a couple of months of this radical change, I felt amazing. Mm -hmm. Things things really shifted for me. And I was really on a high. You know, they always say, like, how does someone know you're on a radical diet? Well, you're, you're going to tell them. And I did. I told everyone in the world. And I judged everyone. And family holidays became a challenge for a couple of years as my mother tried to figure out what to, what we made at Thanksgiving. Right. Um, but uh, but in the end, I started feeling terrible again. And I realized I had become nutrient deficient. Mm. You know, in this quest to cut everything out, I, I still didn't really know what I was doing. Right. And so that really informed my my new career path because I thought like I, I'm onto something, mm -hmm. but I don't know what I'm onto. And there's really not a lot of support for me, you know, in the medical community. I mean, doctors don't study nutrition. Right. Nowadays, there's there's a very small, you know, module of nutrition training in med school, if there is at all. Yeah. Um, and many, they've done these entrance and exit interviews with medical students. And they say, you know, going in, they say nutrition is so important to health. And on the, the exit side, they come out and say, yeah, it's not as important as we thought because they've learned a modality which is treating and not preventive care. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there, there wasn't a, a tremendous amount of, of information for me. And think about it, this was a time where there wasn't even much internet, like to be honest, yeah. like I didn't use the internet in college. Right. Like um, I tell my kids that they, they feel like I'm 100 years old. Yeah, I was the same way pretty much. I mean, I think MySpace was starting to become like more popular at the time, but we weren't like glued to anything. Well, not every, there weren't know? these, like now it's like if we want to look for something, they have to have a web page, right? Right, And they have to have something for people to see them. It's right. not just like, if you pull up something with just a single listing, you're like, nah, like they can't be, they yes. can't be legitimate. So at the time though, we didn't have that. So it was, you know, who do you know or what books can you buy? Mm -hmm. um, and so while I was working, I went back to school. First, I became a health supportive chef mm -hmm. because I thought if I knew how to cook the foods and I really understood the foods, then I could make change. So I went to two different culinary schools um, in Natural Gourmet and the Institute for Culinary Education and became a health supportive chef. And what was your goal in mind at that time? Was I, it what you're doing now or not really? No, no. It was like this was just like sort of like a little seedling. I started a baby food business. Oh. And I started a business that um, a lot of people in Manhattan were having meals delivered to their homes. They were doing like the zone diet and things. And you know, you'd open your front door of your apartment and you'd have a little bag full of your food for the day. So I did the food for the kids, oh. um, for the babies. Uh -huh. A lot of homemade baby food, a lot of homemade kid food. Because at the time, you know, now we have all these squeezy pouches and yeah. such. That stuff hadn't really come to market yet. Right. So I started, um, that was my initial goal. It was called Little Apples. Oh. And um, But I realized as I was doing that and working privately with clients and cooking privately for clients, 
clients. And I started working with people. Um, there were some cancer survivors. There were some diabetics. Um, and science told me, you know, the sciences I had taken in college told me, you know, some of the story that I, I kind of understood how their bodies were working. Mm -hmm. But then I realized I didn't know enough to actually make change, okay. to make change with them, to give them advice, to help. And so I decided the next step was to go back to school for real. Right. And I did that part time until I quit my job and did it full time. Wow. Um, and so I now, you know, I gained a nutrition certification from Tufts and then needed to, um, you know, figure out what I was doing and where I was going. And at the time I lived in New York City, I had small kids. One of my children was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, wow. Um, so he's a survivor. He's a 13 year survivor now. Oh, thank God. Um, but that took that took a, a bit of time out of my career path, of course. Right. And then um, I was constantly looking for holistic and health supportive, you know, all of these these programs that did more of what I thought they should for the body mm -hmm. and waiting for them to kind of for it to kind of happen. So I was devouring the information that came out and doing certain trainings until holistic health became a thing. And mm -hmm. then integrative nutrition, um, uh, functional medicine, nutrition, like those, they, they, be, they started getting names. You know, yeah. these things started taking roots, these philosophies and how we take care of our body. You know, they grew legs, they took root, and then they became things that you could be certified in. Right. Versus just being, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a alternative practitioner, which can be really legitimate, but can also be quackery or really shady. Right. What's so. that like being a mom in the city of young children? Uh, cooking for them, you know, it, it's not as easy to obviously run to the grocery store depending on the, you know, the neighborhood that you live in. Do you rely, did you rely on a lot of takeout? Like, you know, how did you? So we were really fortunate that we lived across the street from a Whole Foods. Oh, that was <laughs> so, a whole different like, story. So, like, if we were, if we were <laughs> going to have resources there, also, you know, what I did find in the city was that I could have anything delivered. Right. But we lived we lived in like lower Manhattan, Tribeca, Batter North Battery Park City. And mm -hmm. so everything I wanted was there. Right. It was actually super convenient. The hardest part was pushing a double stroller with a kid on the back yes. through the aisles. Okay. Um and them not like pulling things off the shelves as yeah, they went. I know. But um but no, I didn't um I didn't rely on a lot of processed foods because I thought everything or a lot of delivery because everything was really there. Okay. It's harder here. Yeah, it is hard here. Yeah. It's a lot harder yeah. here when you run out of something and you don't have the right store you want to go to or you know that your you know, closest grocery store isn't going to have the products you want, or the, especially meat. It's so true. It's a, I go to one store for meat, poultry. I go to one store for like some of the cereals. I go to one. I go to Costco for like obviously the bigger items. Right. But if and then you get reliant on a certain ingredient, and you know it's very annoying actually, like having to go to all of the stores. I mean, I I'm not one that Instacarts a lot of things. I maybe should, but I'm just like it's the one I time. I started Instacarting a couple of years ago. Did you? And it is a game changer for you. It is a game changer for me, but it's really really expensive. It's so expensive, it's, and I can't like between the delivery fee and the service fee, and now at the end, then they have you add a tip to the driver. And oh. look, I want to support the drivers. Yes, They're the ones doing doubt. the work, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But between the service fee. And the delivery, and it goes up based on how much you spend on your groceries. Yeah. yeah. So um, groceries for a family of six is um, right know. now, especially with the economy the way it is, it's through the roof. So we're they, spending like double the, what we used to. So and and I have teenage boys. Yeah. So the amount of food that's getting eaten in my home is, um, I mean, I don't want to feed them. I want to feed them good food. Right. I, I certainly don't want to sacrifice on the the quality of the food, but it's uh, it's brutal. Yeah, no, it really is. We should have a whole topic just on, on, on how to grocery shop um, the right way. So so you uh, were in the city until how long? About ago? 10 years ago. Okay. And then what made you move out here? Well, my eldest was ready for kindergarten. Okay. And we were looking at preschools and trying to figure out what to do and... Um, the preschool I wanted him to go to was across town and there was even, not even a close way to get there. Uh -huh. And we were just trying to figure it out. And then we started looking at the finances and thinking this is for us, for our family at the time, this is absurd. For just the amount that it would cost for, for the for amount that it would cost right? for kindergarten, yeah. getting him up, the stress of getting him across town, being in an apartment. And we had a lovely apartment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I loved living in New York City. You did. Um, for me, mm -hmm. there was everything that I wanted there. Right. But also with a bunch of boys taking them outside to play and having the accessibility. I, um, did not like as as hard as it was for me to make that decision to leave once we decided to be in Monmouth County, we decided to be here. I fell in love with this place. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and putting them in and out of the car is the easiest thing in the world. Yes. Like I definitely became very spoiled about like they don't like to wear coats. Like, I don't care if you're not wearing a coat. Right. 
you're getting into the car. I'm just the ease and the convenience. Um, There's a lot of advantages to Monmouth County. You're, you know, on a lucky day, depending on where you're going, you could be 45 minutes outside of the city. You know, if there's no traffic, right, but, right. Um, and you know, you have the hiking, you have the beaches, you have shopping, you have we great live, schools. We're 10 minutes from the beach with right. no traffic. Yeah, and I think just to be that close to, even if we're not at the beach. I mean, I, I haven't been to the beach in at least a month and a half. Right, but just be knowing it's there. And being there and seeing expanse. One of the problems I had with living up north as a, you know, even when I was deciding was that it felt landlocked. Yes. It just kind of felt like you were in the suburbs. And this is different. This yeah. is a much different feel being able to be, to go for a hike. As you were saying, I love Hartshorn. Yes. Um, and just to, you know, we I'm not far from Seabright. So just being able to cross the bridge and be in Seabright, whether it's off season and bring the dogs or just knowing like with my kids, even if we want a half a day at the beach or yes. we want two hours at the beach, I can toss them in the car and I can say, them, you have no idea how lucky you are. To be most kids, you know, they kids, don't. Kids don't have any idea how how fortunate they are to be so close to to the beach, and even just to be able to be outside in a in a safe, great environment. Oh, sure, without a doubt. Um, no, my husband's always jokes that I'll ne- never leave Monmouth County because I, you know, I've been here since I was seven, and I said, "I'll, you know, you'll never leave." And I'm like, "Why would we want to leave?" <laughs> right. <laughs> my kids talk about it now. They say, well, "When I'm out of college, when I grow up, and I have a family, and I live here," and I'm like, "That's so heartwarming." Partially because where I was initially, I was kind of like, "I." Can't can't wait to get out of this place. Yes. Um, I can't wait to, for life to start. My kids are like, well, when we come back here, so I can envision, you know, even as they're older, I can envision them, you know, wanting to come home and bring their friends home when they come from college yeah. or wanting to bring it's a, fun place to a be. significant other or, right. you know, wanting to have their families here and bring their kids down to the beach. And that's, it, it makes me really happy that we have a place that's so awesome, but also a place where they've like put their roots down. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Um, so you moved here uh, to Fairhaven uh, 10 years ago, and you started AD Nutrition then, or that did that come well, later? Well, I, I, it's a bit of a convoluted story. I moved here and got divorced. Okay. Um, I kind of moved here in the middle of a divorce. Right. Um, I started over with three little kids. Okay. We moved to Rumson. We were building a house in Rumson. And then um, I started my life over. So yeah, AD Nutrition really was born about It'll be eight years. Okay. Um, I've been doing this work in different iterations for about 15 years, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more than 15 years. But um, 80 as it exists, we start. I started here. I started in Monmouth County. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's unique to New Jersey. Um, we've lived in our house in Fairhaven for six. So to start, it was about two years before. We, okay. And... Um, yeah, it was it was really designed. Uh, I wanted a practice that was a little bit different from what I did in New York. I didn't want to work in a commercial kitchen anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I realized that it just took too much time away from my family. Okay. And um, I wanted to affect more change than just saying eat this. I wanted to explain to people why we eat this and how this helps you and what it does. And as my business evolved, it started to be, you know, because of my focus had been helping kids. And part of it was because I had, I was a mom and I had seen this need for no baby food, but also um, it also became working with the moms and became talking to the moms and, and seeing a lot of the times that the moms were underserved. Even these moms who live have wonderful lives and, and, you know, all the resources in the world put themselves last. Yes. And so my business really morphed, uh, my nutrition business really morphed into helping to support the mothers, not just as they fed their kids or helped their kids get ready for, you know, spring athletic season, but as like the mom started taking care of themselves. Right. So any nutrition, you um, do a few different things throughout the year, but the gist of, of your business is what? So I'm a functional medicine nutrition, a okay. board certified functional medicine nutritionist. So the training in nutrition plus the training in integrative and functional medicine nutrition. Right. Um, functional medicine is a philosophy and it's um, not, not um, you know, it's not a specialty like cardiology or endocrinology. It's a philosophy with how we look at clients and patients. Okay. So as a functional medicine nutritionist, I look at all people uniquely, mm-hmm. right? We can't say, you can't flip over a bottle of vitamins and say all women 18 to 55 take two. Right. Right. Um, apart from the way you know how old we are, the lifestyle that we've had, our genetics that we bring, you know, things we bring to the table, um, what we can absorb and metabolize based on toxins we've, you know, encountered in our lives, and and just the way our bodies are built, we all have slightly different needs. Right. And so my practice is a functional medicine nutrition practice, meaning we look at each person as a whole mm-hmm. and as an individual. We look for um, symptoms of imbalance, like a lot of times when you go to see a doctor and you say something feels off and. And then they look, run your labs and your markers are fine. And they say, you're normal. And you say, but something still feels off. Mm-hmm. We call that like the gray area. Yes. And I do a lot of work in the gray. Mm-hmm. For people who don't have, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an MD. I don't diagnose and treat people. I don't ever pretend to do that. 
Um, but th there's a lot that we can accomplish and a lot that we can change in people's health and body composition and life by looking at their nutrition, looking at their absorption, looking at all their lifestyle factors. Right. And in, in my field, we don't just look at what you eat. We're looking at what do you eat? What are your relationships? How do you exercise? How do you sleep? What are your supplements? Um, you know, what's your community at large? What's your mental attitude? Like we look at the whole picture and not just, you know, eat this salad with grilled chicken for lunch because that's healthier than eating an Italian sub. Right. Um, so, uh, so my practice in general is twofold. I work with individuals mm -hmm. and do a lot of private client work. Um, and then I work in group programs. And the group programs run seasonally. So our most famous one is the Real Food Reset, which is a two-week anti-inflammatory eating protocol. Um, started years ago as the idea of, of running a detox or a cleanse, but without the, without the misinformation that detoxes and cleanse, cleanses offer people. Mm -hmm. You know, that you have to starve yourself or that you have to work out super hard or sit in a sauna for hours or drink only juices. Um, but with like, how do you do, how do you do this for two weeks? How do you do something sustainable for two weeks that changes your body, changes your health from the inside out, but also makes you feel really good Right. where you're not like, oh, day two of this and my head is pounding and oh, I haven't, oh, wait, I have an almond milk left to drink tonight, right. even though I'm starving and I'll just cry myself to sleep because I feel hungry and terrible. Yeah. No, it's how do I feed my family and how do I eat in a way that re reduces inflammation, supports my body, gives me the energy to get out of bed, puts me in a better mood, gives me a better sex drive. How yeah. do I do all of these things, but but with food and not with this restrictive starvation pattern? So the Real Food Reset was born. It's really successful. We run it um, three times a year. It's usually like our next one is the end of May. So it'll be after Mother's Day. I try to time it so that it doesn't conflict with very important days for moms. Okay. You know, because who wants to be doing that when you're, you also want to be at, at Mother's Day brunch? Actually, I don't want to be at Mother's Day brunch. Me either. On Mother's Day, I want to be like, I at a do spa. not, yes, I do not want to have to be mothering. Like, I, I'd love to have my kids around me and I have four of them. So I, I love to have them around, but I do not want to have to like force them into dress clothes and make them like sit through a meal that I will only have to hear about how miserable they are. My mom and I do that every year. We kind of like ditch everyone and we go and like either we'll go have wine somewhere or we'll go this year. I think we're going to do the spa, but we've always like been a bit, big advocate for like, this is Mother's Day. Right. <laughs> like we do with the month. Like we have to be with you all. <laughs> right. And we love you and you're great. But like today's the day that we're supposed to be honored for all the work we do for you. Not yes. having to do more work for you. Yes, I know. So like it's fathers like get the I know, day They off. get the day. They go They're golfing. Like, I'm right. like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Then. Like I got this day too. I, so, yes. But I so the reset that. starts. The reset starts after Mother's Day so that everybody can enjoy their Mother's Day. And then it runs to Memorial Day, which right. is right around the time that we're looking at like bare shoulders and bare legs. And for some people, bare midriffs. And they want to be feeling better. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a quick fix. It's not an all or nothing. It's not like once you do this, now you're stuck. You have to eat this way for the rest of your life. It's mm -hmm. a it's a reset. Right. And it's a very, very healthy way to do the reset. So we do this it, at the end of May. We do it um, after the summer, right after everybody goes back to school, because mm -hmm. in Monmouth County, all summer is is basically beach summer. Right. And and we all kind of let go and we travel and we do fun things and then we want to rein it in. And then we run another one at the beginning of the new year. Okay. When it's time to like put the sugar cookies away and and step away from, you know, the social and get back to get back to ourselves. And none of it is restrictive or dramatic. I'm really a big believer in no deprivation. I love that. So my diet, either it's I'd say it's very balanced, but I'm very much. Some weeks I'm going to blonde shallot and grabbing salads or I making love my own salad. Yeah, who doesn't? Oh my gosh, the best salads. Um, or I'll like grab some salads from her hers, and then I'll make chicken and like kind of you know throughout the week make lunches and stuff like that. Or I'm like eating potato chips and chocolate like all, like all week long. You're not alone. Like literally running through, you know, if, if you're just kind of in the weeds of doing, you know, managing other things, usually work related stuff, I'm kind of just like grabbing stuff from the pantry, like just to sustain, like just to not be like gnawing at my stomach because I'm starving. Right, right. Um, and there's no in between. I'm very much, but I'm not like extreme. I'm very balanced that way where like I just kind of eat. If I notice like my skin's looking crappy or I'm run down or I'm exhausted or whatever, I'll make sure I go to bed earlier or I'll, you know, just like I said, like grab some, you know, incorporate more vegetables or something just to see. But it's kind of, you know, you're always, ex I don't know if it's right or just experimenting, but you're always trying to do better right trying to like fuel your body better and like really you know as i've gotten older you know like i mentioned earlier 
uh, you know, I, I, I lived on cheese fries and nachos right. and we went right. to Whole Hands for buffalo chicken fingers, like most of, you know, my early right. 20s, that's kind of what I lived on. Um, and I love that food. Like I'm a very, I love all food. I'm a big foodie, but like, I am also a big foodie. Yeah. People think that I'm not. Right. People think that, you know, my dinner is like kale and carrots. Right. And it doesn't have to be that way. But at the same time, as you get older, you just can't eat that way anymore. Right. So. Right you know, what it like, what does that look like for and you know, we talked a little bit about like people's genetic makeup. And I've heard actually, I think we've talked about this before you were telling me that, um, you know, you, some women shouldn't have a lot of like edamame and like soy based on like kind of where I guess like what where they're from and like, their cultural disposition. Like how, how does that work? exactly? There, there is some truth to that. Yeah. There's some truth to that. There's a little bit of truth to the blood sugar diet okay. to that as well. A lot of these diet philosophies came about based on a kernel of truth. Interesting. And then, you know, they spun out into into a lot more. Right. Um, where people are on crusades that are not necessarily at this point, health supportive. Okay, got it. But there are, you know, everyone's body is different. Mm -hmm. And that that's what's important. Like, I see this a lot with, like, to, to a great example is, like, the salad craze and the salad industry. There are people whose GI systems are just not in great shape. They don't, they don't really, again, they've, sometimes they've rushed off to a doctor and they've had a colonoscopy and told they're fine. But they just have a gas and bloating with food and they don't feel great. But they force themselves to eat salads because our culture says salads are the best lunch. Mm -hmm. Salads are the healthy lunch. If you want to be healthy, if you want to lose weight, if you want to be virtuous in some way, there's so much virtue assigned to food. And, and we need to get away from that because there's no morality in food. For right. starters, like that's my like my baseline with everybody is there's no morality in food. Like you are not good if you eat a salad or bad if you eat cheese fries. Yeah. You know, you just do. And we have to with nutrition and with we have to realize a couple of things before I even answer your question. Sure. We have to realize that, you know, we have to eat to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And so it's not one of these things like drinking or gambling or, you know, staying up all night that we can decide to never do again. And so eating is such a personal thing for people because our eating is to survive, but it's also really wrapped up in our emotions. It's wrapped up in our social lives yes. and, and our, our choices and family and what our family traditions are. And it can be really hard to like extricate different, you know, yourself and, and really sort out those pieces because eating isn't just this thing you do to live. You know, like people can say, oh, I'm not drinking for a month. Well, you're not going to say I'm not eating for a month right. or I'm not, you know. And so it's it's hard. Most people, by the time they reach adulthood, too, really have these, um, you know, ingrained beliefs about what to eat and how to eat. And a lot of the work that I do in, in our group program, especially, is separating that, you know, those pieces out about what I should and what I shouldn't eat and what I can and what I can't and what's good or bad. Right. You know, I always say, like, you're a bad person if you kick your dog. You are not a bad person if you eat nachos. <laughs> right. you know, nachos are not necessarily health supportive. You don't think they're health supportive. And you're not eating them because you think, wow, this is really good for my body. Mm -hmm. You're eating them because you want them. And what what a great way to enjoy them is, you know, is is when you order them and you're like, it, I mean, it's so great to say, like, I eating these nachos, I love these nachos. These are delicious mm -hmm. for what they're worth. We know they don't have any real nutritional value. And I'm probably going to maybe feel sick later because it's going to be hard to digest. But right. I'm enjoying them. I'm enjoying every bite that I have right. versus eating. I don't know why I'm eating this. I shouldn't be eating this. Oh, this is going to make me fat. Oh, the scale is going to be up tomorrow. Oh, I, you know, and the whole time you're creating horrible energy around your food. Yeah. And you waste that meal. You've actually had something that you love to eat, but instead you have completely wasted that meal. And it's very mental, too. I, actually, I think one of the books I read early on was um, like a question that you ask yourself, is this going to get any better, right? Have you enjoyed it? If you keep eating it, are you just eating it because it's like you're just trying to stuff yourself? Is it going to, you know, like you have to kind of almost give yourself like a mental check, like, okay, like yep. this was good and this so is that's, just food. That's very that's smart. It. Okay, so yes, right. that is one thing. I always say food is fuel and not therapy. Right. Like at some point, and people will also say like, well, I've blown it. Like I had this, I was so good all week and I ate very clean. And then I blew it on, I blew it in, my, you know, on my dinner. So now I'm just, now I'm, I'm off the rails. Right. And that's another thing where I, I spend so much time on food education and mindset. It's not just like an eat the kale because it's good for you and don't eat the fries because they're bad for you as much as I spend, as much as it is, um, what percentage of your week is, is food that supports your health and where are your indulgences? Right. So like for me, I hate the word cheat. I hate people say, well, I had a cheat day. Like you're not cheating on your 
diet, again, you have to eat to live. Right. So you're maybe making some choices that aren't the best for you in that moment, but you're making that, you know, no one's forcing the food down your throat. Right. And the next choice you make could be a different choice. Yeah. And so before we even get away from like some women's bodies and what they can handle and can't handle, I always start with like this understanding of like for every single person, food is a necessity, but it's also a choice. Mm -hmm. And what we put in our mouths and what we put in our bodies, like sometimes we know they don't agree with us and we eat them in spite of that. Right. And we eat them either because we love it or because we don't know what else to choose. And that's where we get back to the salad analogy. I have a, a one client who said, well, every week I eat this Brussels sprout salad, but it makes me so, I, I, but like I'm so sick. I'm so bloated, it's raw Brussels sprouts. And uh. I said, well, may, maybe that's the problem. It's not that you can't eat vegetables, it's that you're eating a raw vegetable that's really, really has a ton of fiber in it. And mm. you're, it's probably causing digestive problems for you. What if you cooked those vegetables? What if when your GI system's a little bit off, you didn't have a raw salad for lunch? What if you had vegetables? You know, what if you had chicken soup with vegetables in it? And she, you know, she called me and was like, this is a game changer. Like I never once thought that the raw vegetables, for me, could be a problem right now. Right. And it's, it's just a simple way of looking at it. And that's sometimes where the idea of something that's good for you, like kale is only good for you if you can digest it. Mm. If you can't digest it, you end up bloated and constipated and feeling terrible. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, kale is very fibrous. Like cellulose needs to be, you know, it's fiber. It needs to be digested. It needs to, we need water. We need certain things in our system. And sometimes we can eat too much of a good thing. Right. And and not be able to, it takes a while to break it down. Yeah. So even before we look at like people's genetics, like, yes, yeah, so for soy, there are some women that soy is not great for based on, um, well, if we were to look at blood types, paleolithically, A positives would be soy eaters. But even then, soy does a lot to affect our estrogen balance. Okay. And there are some women who, and kit and boys and men who just really don't need it that it doesn't serve a lot of purpose for. Interesting. There are some women based on their hormone balance where it, it could be a little bit more useful. Mm -hmm. When it comes to all soy, I always say m much soy that we eat is processed. You know, m most tofu that we eat is processed. Interesting. Um, things that are not processed or better for you, well, edamame, of course, are, are not processed if you're eating them as whole bean, but fermented soy. Fermented soy is actually your most health supportive. Oh. So it's really interesting, like uh, miso or tempeh. Mm -hmm. So um, when we start talking about particular products, I, I give people information about why that particular thing is more useful for their body and what is more health supportive about this than that. Okay. I don't necessarily believe in doing eat this, not that mm -hmm. without an explanation. How much do you should you listen to your body when you're craving something, whether it's you know, on the healthier side or not, nutrient okay. dust or not. As I pull this thing off. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting. There's two things. One is asking your body if you're actually hungry. Mm -hmm. And then I'll also talk to you about saying, you know, when you're saying how much is enough, it's, um, I use a three bite rule when it comes to cravings, which I'll explain. But so if the first step is when you're craving something is, am I really hungry? Mm -hmm. Is is this um, a need for real food? Did I not eat enough in my last meal? Is it my actual meal time now? Um, which should be three and a half to four hours after you last ate, honestly. Right. Like for adult women, for all people, what we don't, what we never learn, and we learn to feed ourselves, but we don't learn how to eat. We don't learn the right pattern of eating. We're just never taught this. It should be eating for blood sugar balance. And, um, you know, I can, I can go into more detail with that. But so you have a craving. Am I really hungry? Is it my mealtime? Do I need real legitimate food right now? And this craving is is just lingering there because it because my blood sugar is low. Right. And then it's, am I potentially nutrient deficient? Right. Like a, they always say a, a craving for chocolate really closely correlates to a need for magnesium. Interesting. So could I be slightly deficient in something? Mm -hmm. You know, for women, do I have my period? Do I need, am I craving meat because I need more iron? That's entirely possible. But then, you know, then you get to the next step, which is, okay, no, I'm not hungry. I'm not really hungry for a meal. I'm, I'm, but I'm having a craving for something. Should I satisfy that craving? Mm -hmm. And the answer really is, if you want to have that, you should have it versus having something else, mm -hmm. right? Like, well, I want a couple of tortilla chips, but I'm not going to have them. So I'm going to have celery sticks and carrot sticks, and I'm going to eat all the crudite off the off the platter. And guess what? I'm still going to return to those chips later because I'm, I'm going to be unsatisfied. So instead, what I tell people is, I really want people to eat for, for when they heat, eat if they're paying attention to their health, eat within their eating windows, you know, eat within these these hours. But if there's something that you want, have it, but have it with the understanding that you really only need three bites to satisfy a craving. Okay. A lot of times I use this in relation to ice cream. Mm -hmm. So, and moms, like for mo most moms love ice cream. Do you love ice cream? Oh, of course. Yes, I love ice cream too. 
I don't eat it all the time, but I, I love it. Mint chocolate chip, hands down, <laughs> my favorite. Um, but it's this whole idea of like, my kids are having ice cream. I want ice cream. I shouldn't feel deprived. Should I? And I would say, first of all, you never need more than a kitty cup. Right. Like we all get these big ice creams. And then as we get, you know, a quarter of the way through, we're technically full of it, mm-hmm. but we're we're still eating it because we bought it. You don't want to waste it, right? You don't want to waste it. And then how many times have you thought, I don't know why I'm still eating this, but you are because it's yep. in front of you. So for starters, you never need more than a kitty cup. That is plenty of serving of, of, of ice cream. And I feel like that way about a lot of things. You never need more than a small handful of fries. You yeah. never need more than a small handful of chips if you're going to eat them. You don't, there's no reason you need to eat the whole plate. Like that's that's just way too much of everything for everybody. Right. Um, no matter what your age. But, um, and if they're in front of us, we will eat them. But then with the kitty cup or with anything, it's three bites. Like we, science shows us again and again, it only takes three bites to satisfy a craving. Right. So savor it. Be so happy you have it. Don't feel guilt. Again, none of the, I shouldn't be having this. This is bad for me. I'm ruining my diet. It's it's all over. I'm having this. I love it. I'm so excited to taste it. It tastes amazing. And you eat three bites. That's all that it takes to satisfy that craving. You should be completely done with that need for that food three bites later, Yeah. whatever that, whatever that treat is. Now, if you choose to continue eating it, that is your choice. Again, you choose what goes in your mouth. But there's nothing wrong with buying a small kitty cup of ice cream, having three bites, hell, having four bites just to make sure, and then throwing it away. Right. And you've still had it. You're still satisfied, but you're also not bloated mm-hmm. and sick and feeling disgusting because you pumped yourself full of sugar. Right. My favorite ice cream is Nicholas Creamery. Oh, me too. I'm just going to shout yeah, out to them. The yeah. And it's so delicious mm-hmm. and clean. Yeah. So I generally don't eat it and feel terrible afterwards. So true. But I also still know that it's ice cream and that it's a sometimes food and a treat. Right. And I, I try to say this to women all the time. There's a lot of a lot of women struggle in the afternoon. Do you have afternoon struggles? Like three o'clock, you start to feel a crash. I think um, it's, it really depends. I'm very much a like if I know that maybe we're going out to eat or something like I can kind of like assemble my day based on like if I know that there's something that I want to eat. Like I love um, uh, the lo mein at Bistro and Red Bank. I haven't had it in ages, but I've been craving it. So like that's like a really big meal. So I probably like won't eat like heavily. I won't have pancakes for breakfast or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So like I really try to like balance the day out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of like how I look at most of how I operate, like my diet. But then some days you don't even know what the heck you're going to be eating. Right, and course. some days it's just like I have pizza for lunch and, you know, that for dinner. And then the next day you just kind of start balance it out with like, you know, a cereal bowl or whatever. <laughs> I try to, I try to get people to look at, you know, to, to think about when, when our kids were little, we, you know, we would call the pediatrician and be like, they didn't eat. And he's like, it's, a, you know, the course of a week, like look at their food over the course of a week. Right. You know, look at the baby's intake over a course of a week. Okay. Maybe this meal wasn't big, but maybe that meal will be bigger. Let's see how it goes. And um, I always found that really comforting. Yeah. And I think for adults, we don't do that for ourselves. So That's true. another thing we need to think about. Like, okay, like maybe I had a hamburger for lunch. Okay. Maybe dinner will be fish and veggies. Maybe tomorrow I'm going to start off with an egg white omelet. It, it's not like, it's not this all or nothing where if I have, you know, I'm going to have lo mein. And so I'm either going to starve myself so that I can get ready for these, for these noodles. Yeah. Or that ne- now I feel so, so, you know, now I know it was a big meal and that's heavy. So now I'm, like I've thrown my chips in and then right. tomorrow I'm either skipping breakfast to punish myself or I'm grabbing a muffin. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's, yeah, like something, something in between. I've heard um, a few people mention how they look at their diet like a bank account, right? Yes. And yes. they, you know, and that you, you're saving and kind of, but, but not really starvation and like, you know, eliminating things, but mostly just looking at it as like, you know, your body needing nutrients, but at the same time that you're not going to deprive yourself from what you like to eat. I try to use instead of this whole idea of cheats, where people are just like, I, you know, I cheated last night. Um, I use I use the term indulgences. Okay. So if we think about it, um, we eat, let's say, 28 times a week. If we're eating four times a day, we're give or take, we're eating 28 times a week. Right. Every one of those meals can't be indulgent. They can't always have something indulgent if you want to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. But we know that if you are 100% restrictive, you mutiny. I always say deprivation leads to mutiny. Yeah. You know, you can go two weeks, you can go three weeks. If you're doing a whole 30, you can go to 30. But the best day of the whole 30 is day 31. Right. Because you feel great. You did it. You know, you you got the medal for, for achieving it. But now you can eat pizza again. Right. And you base it. And then it's, no, you know, no holds barred, like for most people, way back down the hill. Right. So I always say we look at it like 
80%. Mm-hmm. And my business is called 80 not because of this, but coincidentally, I, I tell people that they should be the sweet spot is 80%. Mm-hmm. If you really want to focus on losing body fat, maybe 90%. Okay. But it's an 80 to 90% focus on foods that are good for you, mm-hmm. foods that are nutrient-dense, that are health-supportive, that fuel your body, that build new cells. It's all about building new cells right. and making proper hormones. But then there's t- 10 to 20% wiggle room. Right. And what does that look like? That looks like three to five choices a week that are not health supportive. Okay. So that means, you know, wine with dinner. That means maybe a slice of pizza and salad for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't just mean the salad. Right. You know, it means being able to have a dessert. It means being able to have something you like, but also within control. Right. Right. Looking at it like a bank account saying, I only have, let's say, five occasions throughout the week to have something that I consider indulgent. Mm-hmm. We don't consider cheating. That's really just part of your meal. Right. So what is that thing? What matters to me? Right. I always said, what has the value? Like if you were to have $500 to go into a store, would you buy a bunch of little things that would all sit in your closet or would you buy like one or two things that were that you would love right. and that every time you wore maybe even just one thing every time you wore would look and feel you'd feel amazing and you'd just be so happy that you owned that one thing yes or would you waste it on a bunch of little trendy things yeah, that having you snickers all day you know and then this and then have this and then by the end of the day it's you know it's it all adds up right, right. So. and people say things like and a lot of it's thinking a lot of it when it comes to food is really just taking a pause to yep. think so for some of my clients i have this thing i it's called it now it's called should i eat it it's a pdf but it used to be called the donut decision helper and you know i said stack tack it up somewhere because for me even though i've been doing this work for more than half my life now mm-hmm. i um I still get the cravings or I still get the inclination to eat. I come from a very, very long line of emotional eaters. Interesting. You said you had a great fast metabolism as a kid. I did not. Okay. And I come from a family of people who eat when we're happy. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're bored. We eat when it's nighttime. You know, we eat in celebration. We eat just because we walk through the kitchen and we grab a handful. Okay. And um, it definitely did not serve my health well or, you know, my family member's health well, until I actually went to the school and sort of got them on the track, and right. now everybody's doing great. But um, coming from this long line, I still, when I'm upset or frustrated, my first inclination will be to go to the kitchen. Okay. Especially with COVID and working from home and being so close to home all the time, there's food everywhere. And I used to have nothing in my house, and now that I have four teen and teenage, tween and teenage boys, mm-hmm. I have a lot of things in the house that, that I would not normally choose or have and that it could be tempting. And so I find myself and I go and I stop at the pantry and I say to myself out loud, and it's pretty funny because again, I've been doing this for so long that I still even have to do right. this, but I say to myself, you're not hungry. You're not hungry. Yeah. And it like sinks in and I, I acknowledge that thought and I sit with the discomfort of it. That, I, that I'm not hungry and that whatever I'm grabbing isn't going to help me in the moment. And I take like a breath and I'm like, all right, I'm not hungry. And I like walk away. But it's something I still have to do to myself when a craving hits or when this need to eat happens. Right. Um, and because it's not worth it. Because again, if I'm able to say, you know, my husband and I love to go and we maybe do this once a month, maybe every two months. We go to surf barbecue oh, in I love surf barbecue. and we eat the nachos. It's and so we've still there. never been able to finish the nachos. <laughs> but we we go and we get the nachos and it's a it's a once in a while thing and literally it's our whole meal. We don't get anything else. We just get the nachos and again and, and do I again they're not health supportive, I know that, but right. they're delicious. Yeah. But would I rather pick all week long or would I rather know that I'm having one meal that is going to be enjoyable, that's going to be, you know, quality time with my husband and eating something that I really love? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I try to steer people into that mindset. Right. Of still being able to have it. It's not that you can't ever have it. Right. It's that there's that 10 to 20% window that's reserved for enjoyable, what we call sometimes foods. Okay. Whether it's ice cream, whether it's alcohol, whether it's whatever. That's your window. And you can have it within that window. It's when that starts to bleed into the time that we need to be healthy that you need to, you know, b- buckle up. Right. So there's a lot of moms that, you know, are probably listening and, you know, talk thinking about their own maybe diet that they were trying or, you know, just kind of failed attempts at their own health goals. Um, and there are also a lot of there's a lot of information out there, right? We are on Instagram constantly. We're looking at all kinds of people that maybe we want to look like or that were, you know, brings us down um, and so much information, so many products. Right. So much. Um, one, what do you, uh, wh- how do you, what do you think about prebiotics, probiotics, symbiotics? Do you think that everyone should, should we be getting that just from our food? Do you think that everyone should be taking those supplements? How, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm a big believer in supplements. 
in the right supplements for the right people and for their bodies. Okay. So a lot of times people ask me to put out a supplement list. And part of the reason I don't do that is because not everybody needs the same things. Okay. That said, prebiotics come from mostly come from our food. They come from the fiber that we eat. Okay. And so if you're eating a diet rich in fiber, you're you're pretty much getting most of it. Got it. Sometimes people say it'll come, you know, it can come from resistant starch. So cold potatoes or cold rice. A lot of times that's a great prebiotic. Okay. And some companies make things that have prebiotics in them, um, like FOS or inulin. And that can be useful, but a lot of times people get some digestive distress from that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you get digestive distress from that, I encourage people to think about their actual gut health and not just the fact that their body's reacting to that. It doesn't mean that you can't handle fiber. It usually means something is off in your gut. Got it. And so that's a lot of the work that I do. People coming and saying, my digestion is off. How do we fix it? So in addition to learning about the food and learning about the choices, we're also, you know, working on the body systems and trying to make sure that that we're reducing inflammation and that we're um, that we're you know, speeding up proper digestion or, or not speeding up, but improving digestion, making it making it more efficient. Okay. Um, and so I am a fan of prebiotics. I am a fan of probiotics. It's also interesting to note that there's all different probiotics out there. Yeah. And they all do different things. And too much of a good thing is too much. So I really encourage probiotic rotation. So when you're done with your bottle of probiotics, I usually recommend moving on to a different brand with a different strain. But And so what about the quality of the brand, though? Because there's a the lot quality, out there. So the quality matters so much. There's no oversight with supplements. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is that you and I could end this podcast, go over there, and whip up our own supplement that nobody would look at. It could be made from anything. Oh. We could get the ingredients from anywhere, and then we could sell it. Wow. And it's um, it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. So I work with third uh, with supplement companies that are really at the top of their game. Um, most of them require documentation to be able to to um, supply them. Mm-hmm. So I have distributorship relationships. They're not MLM relationships. These are you know companies, Orthomolecular, Designs for Health, Metagenics, some of the better supplement companies. And you have to be a practitioner. Okay. You create an account with them. And those are the types of supplements that I use with people. They're not crazy expensive. It's not that, you know, you, you know, that that's the barrier to entry. It's mm-hmm. usually working with a practitioner that's able to get them. Okay. Because a lot of times the supplements that we see at Whole Foods and at certain health food stores or just at, you know, Costco are just, they're, we have no, even if they're big name brands, we have no idea where they've been. We have no idea how they've been transported or stored. If they've sat on a pallet in the sun, mm-hmm. if they've been in cold temperatures, um, we, there's not a lot of quality control. And you're putting these things in your body, you know, day and day. And, and then you're seeing things, again, on social media. There's a lot of um, social. I think social media is so great for the way that it's able to unite people. Yeah. And I think it's great for um, really interesting content that people wouldn't see otherwise. Right. But we're so flooded right now. You know, the market is inundated with sales and with everybody, you know, with so much noise of buy this product, buy that product. I My two specialties I didn't even really mention, apart from autoimmune disorders, is female hormones. Okay. And so, again, it, it, it kind of translates into my working with adults and working with moms. Right. And I do so much work in female hormone balance and how we regulate our hormones because, again, that's really the root of our health. Mm-hmm. And when people's bodies start to change in their later 30s into their 50s and we go through transitions and perimenopause and menopause, it's it's all based on your hormones. We finally realize your hormones have been driving the bus the whole time. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean our metabolic hormones, our stress hormones, and our sex hormones, not just our sex hormones, but but they all work together in in concert. And, um, you know, a lot of times people will come to me and say, well, I started having these problems, but then I saw this product on Instagram. So I bought this. And then, well, I wasn't sure about this, but then I saw this influencer marketing this. Right. And then I saw that. And now people have spent a couple hundred dollars on these products. Sometimes they're stuck in these auto-subscribe where they keep getting it because they forget to cancel it. And they don't really know if it's helping or not helping. And... All it really takes is a is a session to go through and say like wow now you're you're taking like ten things you don't need like these are the these are the key supplements that will help you where you are right and so um, when it comes to probiotics prebiotics any kind of products or just supplements in general I, I want people to take their time and very smartly choose the the products they're using okay. because they can do more harm than good as well right. Um, a lot of people misuse them because there's just really bad. There's some really great information out there, but there's a lot of really uninformed people posting content. It's so true. Um, and what about exercise? Moving our body critically important. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, our 
we tend to, as we get older, um, we tend to see changes in our body and think that exercise is the answer. Mm -hmm. And exercise is a part of the answer, but it's not the whole answer. Okay. And so I always tell people you can't outrun your fork. Right. So a lot a lot of um, I see a lot of moms, a lot of clients say, like, well, my body's different since I had a baby. So now I go to the gym for two hours a day instead of one. And this wasn't happening. So now I started this high intensity class and that and we actually tend to overdo it. And then you're like starving. And then you're starving. And then you're overeating. And you're over or you're skipping a meal and right. then you're hangry. Right. And then yes, and it's um I it's a pattern. So I want to say that as we get older, we should always be moving our bodies. People think I go to the gym for an hour and that's great. But the reality is that we sit or lay for or like lay in bed for basically 23 hours a day. Mm-hmm. We get our one hour workout in and then we then we lay down. And so that exercise we get in our one hour is basically about 5% of our daily calorie burn. Wow. But the other movement we do like walking up and down the stairs, walking from a parking lot, um, grocery shopping, all those other things we do where we're moving our body accounts can account for another 15% of yeah. our calorie burn. I can't do the um, the the standing desk people <laughs> that have the, the um I just little, bought get, a walking treadmill. Yeah, and do you like it? So I don't have the standing desk yet. Okay. So instead it's in my gym and I'm just walking on it until I until I get the standing desk because I'm trying to figure out am I coordinated enough. Same. I don't think I would be. I'm not a coordinated person, so I don't. I, I see people on it, like on Instagram and stuff, and I'm like, that's so cool. I've actually been on many Zooms where there's someone on and they're walking, and I, I wouldn't be. I don't think I'd be able to type at the same. I'm time. not sure if I would either. <laughs> I also I have a I use a Peloton, and I have a tray, a, a Lucite tray that that Peloton doesn't sell, but I bought you know through Amazon off market. That's a that goes on top of your handlebar, so you can put your computer there. Ah. So sometimes I'll do the same thing, and I'll just ride for an hour or two, not intensely riding. I'll just ride. That just I might pedal. do. That's a good idea. Because at least I'm in one place and I can't trip over my foot. I am the person who bought the Peloton during COVID and now it's, I'm a runner, so I like to run outside. I think I remember I, that right. Yeah. And I don't like, that's all I do. I don't go to the, I don't go to the gym. I have like, we belong to a club where they have a gym and I never use it. Um, and I do like yoga, but I don't go like as much as I, sh- I, I, I enjoy it. And I always say I should go more, but not really for like, just to work out, it's more like I just love like the whole like Zen part right, of it, the, and the you know, um, cortisol balancing yeah. aspect of it. Um, but I'm not. I don't do any like weight training or anything. I, I probably should, but um, but the Peloton is like collecting dust in my garage, <laughs> and I would I should just like during the day, you know, because I'm on the thing anyway. So that's a good idea. I might. Look you know that. what? It's interesting too. Years ago, especially after I had my kids, I I lived across the street from Whole Foods and SoulCycle. Okay. In oh. Manhattan. I mean, it was amazing. I yeah. could like get my workout in, and I could get all the healthy groceries I needed, and right. it was so convenient. Um, and I was a spinner. Like, that was what I did. I have knee injuries. I'm not a runner. I was a spinner. And mm-hmm. I did that, you know, and it was also my stress relief. And it was amazing. The only thing that was a little challenging was that whole, that soul cycle had a lot of celebrities there. Yeah. And so I'd be biking next to them and they'd be like, I mean, I bike next to Christy Turlington every Tuesday for months. And I mean, she's so beautiful and graceful. And I was like, always trying to look <laughs> like her. And I was never going to look like her because I'm like a foot shorter. And I was like, how does she get her neck like that? Well, she's running. <laughs> but, but it was it was great to have these things there. And I did that. And then I moved here and I went and I initially I found Clementine Spin Studio in Fairhaven, yeah. um, which was so close. And I, I went in that day and said, like, I'm moving here and I, I need to spin. I need to work. And so I, I started doing that. And then I had a bike in my basement and I was always biking. Mm-hmm. And I really just every morning I would wake up and I would go to a spin class and I would feel great. And then my body changed a lot. And I stopped being able to handle that intense, you know, sometimes I would do two classes. And then I've started finding myself kind of just drained and depleted. Yes. Um, and it, it depletes like how you think. Like there are some days where I can't, I don't run because I know that I need to like reserve that energy for like And that is a shift. And that is really a hormonal yeah, shift. Right. And that's where, you know, understanding your hormones mm-hmm. and how your body works and your stress response is really important. And again, it's not something that women are taught. Right. A lot of the work that I do is this is education. I also run a group program. The Real Food Reset is our big one. Um, but I also run a program that's called Own Your Hormones. Mm. It used to be called F Your Diet. And I thought that that was a very clever way to tell people to yeah, forget the mentality. diet mentality. Right, right. But it just, it, it was a, it's a little much, a little bold. We can't advertise it. We can't promote it. I can't, um, you know, put it in a magazine. Right. No, nobody can say that. So um, it's now called Own Your Hormones. But it's this six-week program teaching women to change their bodies and their metabolism by understanding 
their hormones. Okay. So when people are amped up and, and doing high intensity exercise all the time and running and spinning and their bodies aren't changing, there's a reason for that. Mm. Usually you're giving yourself a cortisol spike. And when you're giving yourself that spike, you're also telling your body to store fat. Reserve, yeah, right. Yeah. And so a lot of times for adult women, so when to dial back exercise, what do I tell most people? The this it sounds so boring and as a runner you'll feel bored and most people are like But the reality is that the best exercise for us is walking. Like our bodies are constructed in such a way that we are meant to walk. And our ancestors walked like long, long distances. We didn't run. We ran if we were being chased by something. But that was it. Like we walked. We were nomadic. And that's that's what's best for our bodies. So walking balances your blood pressure. It brings your blood sugar down. It, It reduces your cortisol. It helps connect you with nature. It sets your circadian rhythm, especially if you're doing it early in the morning and you're, uh-huh. you're getting some sunlight. Um, I mean, I would say if someone's like, what what exercise should I do every day? I have two hours. I would say go for a two-hour walk. Wow. Um, again, I'm not saying don't play tennis. and I'm not saying don't run or don't spin, but do those things because you like them. Yes. Do those things for an endorphin release. Do them for some, you know, uh, cardiovascular support but if you know people who are like oh i've gained some weight i need to start running and then what happens to them they end up with injuries yeah honestly because their bodies aren't accustomed to them but also because as we get older that's just like harder on the system and so um i i say walk walk again people are like walk but like put in a great podcast go with a friend yes like walk the dog walk the dog like move your body and even just even if it's sure a little bit like whether it's nutritional change or movement change or sleeping, like everyone says, like if I if I are so many I should say everyone, so many people are all or nothing, mm-hmm. right? If I if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not doing it all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what about those ten minutes? Use right. those ten minutes to cut up a vegetable to have to have with your dinner, or use those ten minutes to take your dog for a walk and go walk around the block. Mm-hmm. Use those ten minutes to sit down and just breathe. Right. Go to bed ten minutes earlier. You know, well, there's there's yeah. little, little changes we can make all the time that don't require, you know, huge subscriptions to gyms and massive vitamin supplements and, uh, you know, going on radical diets. If we always just commit to making, to, to finding those windows, like how many times do you just scroll on your phone? Oh, yeah. I say that all the time. Like the 10 minutes horrible. that I just wasted on Instagram is 10 minutes I could have been doing something else Anything or else. whatever. And all those little changes can add up to, to health impact. It's a big change. What about water? How much water? So rule of thumb, and, you know, you've probably heard this, um, uh, you know, in different ways, but rule of thumb is give or take half your weight in ounces a day. Okay. Like, if you're doing that, you're pretty much okay. Uh-huh. Um, exercise, obviously, more. Mm-hmm. It can be an extra 16 ounces. It can be an extra 24. It really depends on wh- how much you're sweating. Okay. Um, I believe in electrolytes. But not like pounding the ga- – I'm not a big Gatorade fan, although I will tell you that it's the only electrolyte my kids will drink. Okay. Um, but I'm not a big – you know, I'm not a big fan of, of a lot of things that are packaged or processed. But a lot of times women drink water and say like, I am i can't drink any more water because I have to go to the bathroom nonstop mm-hmm. and something's wrong with me. And it's not that. It's usually that we're flushing out our electrolytes. Uh-huh. So I think it's important to realize that with stress, with movement, with exercise, we do need electrolyte replacement. Okay. And um, shout out to Element, which is my favorite. It's L M N T. Okay. It's a it's a great um, no sugar brand. It's a little bit higher sodium than some of the others because we tend to lose more sodium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really great for women who are adrenally depleted or feeling adrenally fatigued. Usually, you know, the adrenals need sodium, so um, so we do that. But I I think that. If you're a person who's finding that water's going right through you, it might mean that it's not wet enough, that it needs a little bit more electrolyte. Right, right. Um, but again, you know, depending on your level of activity, you may need more or less. But I'd say as a rule of thumb, like a starting point is, is half your weight in ounces. Okay. So interesting. I'd love to have you back on one day to talk about um, foods and what you cook at home and just, you know, as I've gotten older and, you know, learned to kind of actually enjoy the downtime of being in the kitchen a little bit versus like hating cooking for so many years um, and making even, you know, things that are better for you taste great. Right. And that I think that's why so many chefs, you know, are, are trim. You see a lot of celebrity chefs on TV and they're all like, you know, they're they all look great for the most part. Um, and they're you know, they probably treat food the same way. Right. They know how to make a lot of things taste good. And it's not about, you, you know, know, I'll say that a lot of times with our, our resets, the, the things that we the programs we run they're 
they're meals that you make and they're not, they don't take more than a half an hour, but they're just using different ingredients and fresh ingredients. And sometimes people say, I had no idea that I could make my own food taste that so good. So true. Yeah. Right? People, there were so many people who say I was a horrible cook or I had no idea how to cook, right. but I had no idea that I could just add some, you know, some basil to this, or I could add this spice and make it actually taste like a delicious meal that my family wants to eat Yes. versus the same thing. So I do, I, you know, with a culinary background, I'd love to, I love to talk about food. Yes, me too. Um, I use a ton of herbs and spices a ton of things to make it fresh um and you know then something that is satisfying which is what absolutely we all want. and you know when my kids honestly my kids are my toughest critics yeah people say like your kids must eat so well and like it's obviously my best intention to always do that but right. they're my complainers oh yeah so when they're happy with something that i've made then it's then it like really i designed so many recipes for clients and a lot of times my test is does it pass my children's like does it pass muster <laughs> right. with my children yeah because you're not going to make three meals so you no know, i never at, at i don't house, do that at all we have a lot of picky eaters and very just plain like meat and potatoes so it's a lot of you know like protein and rice and vegetable or whatever but um but yeah i always get that last night i was um when are you gonna make the other rice i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so now someone's always like mad about what i made right there's always someone who's like oh, i didn't want that i know but so. i say that i only make one protein I only make one primary meal when I'm cooking. I don't make lots of little meals for different people. Right. I make different sides or, or I, certain things that certain people like just to make them happy. But um, a lot of my work with clients is about how to make family dinners and what to do for families and what to do, you know, for yourself to, you know, a lot of people say, I want to do a reset, but if my family can't eat the food, then is it worth it? And I said, no, this is food for the whole family. Right. Like I'm always designing recipes and meals and even programs for women that women are doing themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm always designing them with the fact that most of them have strap hangers. Right. You know, or Without most of them doubt. even have spouses. And a lot of times on the resets, the spouses also feel great and say, like, I feel so good. I don't know what I'm doing. And, the, right. you know, and they here, no here's the mom in the kitchen, like <laughs> making making this health supportive food and they're eating these delicious meals and they're not realizing that in two weeks, you know, the hardest part for women is like, then they're like, my husband lost 10 pounds. Uh, always, always, right. always. They stop drinking soda. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what are your favorite restaurants in Monmouth County? Well, I, um, I will so say- So barbecue, right? <laughs> I, I do love serve barbecue. We don't get out in Monmouth County as much anymore as I would like because I'm basically just at every single sports field. Right. So it's like, what's where's the soccer field? Where's the basketball court? Um, Beach Tavern in Monmouth Beach is mm, my favorite restaurant. Beautiful. Beautiful um, there. Especially, especially in the summer. Uh, we live in Fairhaven. So I tend our weeknights or not our weeknights, our weekends, like our, our during the school weekends tend to be what is close. So we go to Victory Park Tavern a lot. Yeah. Um, we go to Indici. We go to surf. We kind of do the circuit yep. that's very close to um, that's very close to where we live. Yeah, and Salt Creek too is great there. Love go, Salt Creek. Yeah, we go yep. there pretty often. I was just there last week, but you know, it's actually great because we've got four or five restaurants in a pretty close good restaurants in a pretty yeah you know, pretty close. Tommy's distance. is there. Tommy's. And, uh, We're big Tommy's fans, especially in the summer. Yeah, and um. I'm forgetting the name. The sushi place, not Nemo. Um, Yumi. Yumi. The Yumi best. is delicious. Oh my gosh, delicious. so good, so so good. Um, we had Over Easy Kitchen open in Fairhaven. Yeah, um, uh, about a year ago, mm -hmm. which They're is great. great because that's a great lunch spot. Yes. Um, I wish I could say I get my kids up for breakfast, but I can't. And brunch too. Um, and brunch. Know, Sunday. But we, um, I tend to do business lunches there, or um, or just like a great place to stop and grab. Yeah. Something with a friend. And you mentioned Blonde Shallot. Like on during the week. Um, and it's funny, even though I'm a trained chef, I'm working so much yeah. um, in, you know, as an as a nutritionist that I don't take the time any I don't take any more time for myself mm -hmm. than you take for yourself in terms of making lunches, if I can help it. Right. Right. So knowing that somewhere like Blonde Chalet is there to to grab and go and knowing that I'm getting, you know, freshly made salads. Yeah, is, grab is some salads awesome. and you can have some protein on hand if you want to split it. I, and and I actually usually, for me, because my protein needs are higher, most women's protein needs are higher, and we'll save this for another conversation, right. but most women's protein needs are higher than they think. I actually always buy their spa tuna or their chicken and I add it to the salad, I add more. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I've done that too. Where like I have, I'll make a bunch of chicken in the air fryer, or whatever, and then like I just add it throughout the week because the salads are big. So I try the to. The salads are out. big, yeah. and what they're lacking, and not not because the salads are lacking anything, but just because what we need more of is right. is, is protein for the most part, more right. protein than we think. That so, yeah. yeah. So uh, my favorite, I grab my favorite salad and I'll add. 
to um, or a couple hard boiled eggs right. or, or something that's convenient. Yeah, Lavodi's too has. Um, I, I live right by there, so I shop there a lot, and they have great salads too that are pre made, and I'll grab a bunch and add to that throughout the week. So. I always say too, like people talk about preparation, and well, I didn't meal prep. Like meal prep doesn't have to be shopping and chopping and dicing. Meal prep is really thinking about what your week looks like, right, and then deciding what you have on hand, right, and sometimes that food is assembly. Sometimes it is, okay, I've bought a pre-made salad. Now I'm going to add some things to it. Sure. I'm going to change it a little bit. I'm going to divide it in half. I'm going to make two meals out of this. That and just knowing what you have on hand and being able to have something, you know, better for you that you can grab, that's meal prep. Right. Meal prep can also be what you don't buy. Right. Like I'm not going to buy three pints of ice cream because I know if I do, it's going to be here. Right. It's not all about willpower. Sometimes it's really just about what's there because when you're faced with, you know, when you have few choices, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you you have to grab a less suitable alternative. Oh, yeah. So I'm a big believer in people having bags of frozen veggies in their house, mm-hmm. having extra eggs, making sure you have things. You can always make something. You always make an omelet. Right. Always make an omelet. Right. Buy some meat. Keep it frozen. Air fryer is awesome because you can cook things quickly. Yes, I'm a big fan of the air fryer. We are too. We use that a lot. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for I'm coming so glad on. I was here. Yeah, um, you'll have to come back on, and we'll talk about all kinds of foods and recipes. And there's, I could go on and on and on for hours about food. Um, where can everyone find you? Okay, so uh, Instagram. My Instagram handle is the word eat and the word eighty. So mm-hmm. eat eighty. Same thing. Website is eateighty.com. We have a sugar detox. I didn't even mention that. We're launching a sugar detox on April 24th. Okay. Uh, Five days. It's kind of an entry starter program, right? It's a Monday to a Friday. So nobody has to worry about their weekends. Yeah. But we're, you know, doing it right at the end of Monmouth County spring break on purpose. Awesome. Right? Because whether you go away or don't, you're going to probably have some lazier mornings and maybe some dinners out. And by the end, then we're thinking, oh, spring break's over. Now I need to get ready for, for bare weather. Right. Season. I know. And um, how do I feel? And so, and a lot of, you know, a lot of times people just need a quick reset. I like to do these quick five days because it doesn't take too much, you know, it's not too much skin off your back. Right. I love um, that. And it's an added, it's a no added sugar program. So there's some fruit, there's some other things. It's focusing on real meals. Mm-hmm. My whole goal is, is always like, see how easy this can be. Right. See how, you know, getting through it is not, it's not brutally painful. It's, yeah. it's something you'll want to do again. And I have so many, the main thing is I have so many repeat customers. Um, so many women come back again and again for either they do every single reset or they do a couple, you know, programs a year. And I say like, if this were so painful, these people wouldn't keep coming back. Right. Like the fact that people come back and do it again and again means that this is completely sustainable. Yeah. So we're launching the sugar detox for five days on April 24th. Mm-hmm. And then our big annual real food reset starts on May 15th. Okay. Perfect. Love it. Um, so and the yeah. website is? The website is eat80.com. Eat80.com. And the Instagram handle where um, you see I post a lot of stories. You do. A, lot, so, a lot of my. It's so informative. you all very captivating. Really, you know, valuable information that you're putting out on, I on your Instagram. That. So Thank you. I always um, read a lot because you have a, lots of masses of information and it's so interesting. To, I have know, a lot so to say. You do, but it's good. It's, but partially good because there aren't a lot of people like me out there and I really want to get this information in the hands of people who can use it. Yeah, for sure. Everyone Um, can learn how to eat better. Exactly. For sure. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Our springtime festival is coming up. It's a little over a month away, Sunday, May 7th. We're really excited for that. If you haven't registered um, now, it's free admission. We have Touch a Truck we've added this year. Over 75 vendors coming. It's a week before Mother's Day. So come and get your Mother's Day gifts. Treat yourself. Um, We also have a big kid zone that we're going to have, again, with um, some added um, entertainment. We have a magician coming. We have um, some, some surprise. Uh, that we haven't had before. So we're really excited about our um, the Mammoth Mom Springtime Festival coming on uh, Sunday, May 7th. If you haven't already checked out our uh, birthday party guide that just came out, we have all kinds of new venues on in there, entertainment. So we'll take the guesswork out of planning your, your kids' birthday party. There's uh, there's so much out there and there's so many things to do. So, you know, you, we try to put it all in one spot. So that way you're you a great can... resource. <laughs> Thank you. Um, our camp guide is also out. If you're like me and have no idea. I'm like, see, I'm, I know all the things going on, but I don't actually like to, I am like always last minute. I'm like, so I literally sometimes will go on my site and I'm like, so what is going on? Because <laughs> like, it's all like, you know, when I'm putting it on, I'm not even, it's copy and paste and making sure it's edited properly. So I'm like, what is happening this weekend? Or, you know, what am I doing with my daughter this summer? Still have no clue. <laughs> um, but 
lots of uh, great camps and activities programs, day uh, day camps, all kinds of stuff that you can still sign up for. There's still availability with um, with some of the programs. So definitely check that out. And as always, use um, themammothmoms.com for your go-to resource for all things happening in Monmouth County this spring and summer. Thanks, everyone.